Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, October 27th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, political candidates are sharing their policy priorities as they attempt to garner votes ahead of next month's election. Plus, it's classic weekend in Birmingham. The legendary matchup between Alabama HBCUs is about much more than football. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Politicians seeking statewide office in Mississippi are speaking at this year's Hobnob event in Jackson. It's hosted by the Mississippi Economic Council, and it's a time for business leaders to meet with one another and the state's political frontrunners. Two of the headlining speeches this year were given by gubernatorial candidates Democrat Brandon Presley and Republican incumbent Governor Tate Reeves. Mississippi is in the midst of a health care crisis. Brandon Presley says it will be one of his top priorities to expand Medicaid for the working poor. We've got two crises going on right now in this state that everybody under the sound of my voice should be concerned about. First is our health care crisis. Now, I know when Tate comes up here in a minute, he's not going to mention anything about it. He doesn't want to talk about the problems we have in health care in Mississippi during an election year. But we're going to talk about it for my nine minutes that are left. We have a serious issue in Mississippi where 34 of our hospitals are at risk of closure. Five hospitals have gone to only inpatient, have canceled inpatient care. Now they've become a 24-hour facility, and if you need to stay more than 24 hours, you have to go to a larger hospital. Not only hurting that hospital and that community, but putting strain on our larger hospitals in Mississippi. We have a solution that's staring us in the face. And but for the pettiness of Tate Reeves, the partisanship, the cheapness of politics, We would expand Medicaid right now, and I make this pledge to you. If I'm elected governor, we'll take steps on day one to begin the road to expand Medicaid without wasting any time. We have given our money away to 40 other states long enough, long enough, and but for politics, the cheap partisan politics that, quite frankly, I don't get into, but for politics. We would have already expanded Medicaid in Mississippi. Republican Tate Reeves says he does not support expanding Medicaid, but does have a plan to help hospitals. clear that I didn't run for governor to try to hide our problems, but to try to fix our problems. And I meant it. And one of those is health care. Our nation is struggling, particularly in rural areas, with health care. And I want everyone to know that I am committed to addressing the problem. It's the reason that virtually every single major hospital leader across the state, including the University of Mississippi Medical Center, stood behind me several weeks ago when we announced a plan to provide $673 million every year in addition to our hospitals. It's going to give us time to recognize to shore up their finances. It's a far better plan than expanding welfare, and I will tell you it's a plan that will work for the people of Mississippi. Reeves says he will continue to focus on improving jobs and bringing in economic development for the state. Our population is growing 
jobs and businesses are moving in to every region of our state. In the 10 years before I became governor, the average number of new announcements in our state of new capital was about $900 million a year. In 2022, we announced over $6 billion in new private capital and new businesses starting here in our state. This, of course, includes the largest economic development project in state history, a $2.5 billion capex that will create 1,000 new jobs, paying an average of almost $100,000 a year in our Golden Triangle. Our unemployment in Mississippi is the lowest it's ever been. In the old days, we used to have a lot of people out looking for jobs. But those of you in this room can attest, we don't have a lot of people out looking for jobs today. We got a lot of jobs out looking for people. And in fact, it's why since 2019, per capita incomes in our state are up almost $9,000 a year per person from $36,000 a year for the average Mississippian to almost $45,000 a year, which is up almost 30% in just that short time frame. Presley says if elected, he'll focus on addressing public corruption. You've seen the welfare scandal unfold before your eyes over the past couple of years in the newspapers. $77 million, and you as business owners ought to be as mad about this as anybody else. $77 million diverted from education programs, workforce programs that could have helped the working poor, and given to such things as Brett Farr's $5 million volleyball court, or $1,300,000 to Tate Reed's personal trainer, the guy that teaches Tate Reeves how to do jumping jacks got a million three hundred thousand dollars of taxpayer money and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars diverted, misappropriated, and plain out stolen from the people of Mississippi for pet projects, famous friends, buddies. We gotta clean up the corruption. I know many of you in the business community have come up and told me, Brandon, I want to support you, but Tate's so vindictive. That's what's wrong with Tate Reeves. That's what's wrong with the governor's office today. Let me make you a promise. If you're a business owner out there today and you're nervous about the governor and you're nervous about the governor's office, I want to put your mind at ease. When Brandon Presley's elected governor, you won't have to write a campaign check to come see me if you've got an issue with state government. You won't have to pay your way in the door to come and visit me if I'm your governor. And that's whether you voted for me or not. Since taking office, K-12 through education scores in Mississippi have been on the rise. Reeves says he'll continue that trend. Conservative reforms have led to what even the New York Times has called the Mississippi miracle. I got to admit, I almost choked on my catfish when I read that the New York Times wrote something good about Mississippi. But consider these numbers. Ten years ago in fourth grade reading, Our fourth graders were 49th best. Last year, our fourth graders were 21st best in the nation. In fourth grade math, 10 years ago, we were 50th best. Last year, our fourth graders scored 23rd best in the nation. If you look at high school graduation rates, 10 years ago, only 72.5% of our kids were graduating high school. Last year, 
that number had risen from 72.5% to 88.9% of Mississippi's high schoolers are now graduating from high school. What that means in the real world is there are 4,000 Mississippians who are graduating high school every year that 10 years ago would not have. What that means over a 10-year period is 40,000 Mississippians with a high school diploma that 10 years ago would not have. That's 1.33% of our entire population. That's 40,000 Mississippians that have a totally different outlook on life. They have a totally different set of opportunities because they stayed in school. And their earning potential is so much greater. Despite the political differences between the two, Presley says he wants to work with lawmakers across the aisle to help move Mississippi forward. Those who are strong Democrats and those who are strong Republicans and fierce independents. I don't want to be a governor of just one political party. I don't want to be a governor that simply sits back and plays cheap politics. I want to be a governor for everybody. We have seen what partisan politics will get us, and it's got us in a ditch. It's got us a governor that is so arrogant that he bought himself a $4 million ice maker, has a lemon tree room in the governor's mansion, and a meditation garden. I don't know what a meditation garden is. I don't need one. I know how to hit my knees by my bed and pray to God every night. I don't need a meditation garden. And I darn sure don't need you to fund it for me. So as I close, let me say this. I'm asking each of you, as we go into the last 12 days of this campaign, to stand for what's right in Mississippi, not the partisanship, but a governor that wants to reach across the aisle. I told a reporter yesterday, I'll get along better with the Republican House and Senate than Tate Reeves does, because I respect them. And I realize that they have a job to do. An hour-long debate between Presley and Reeves will be held on Wednesday, November 1st at 7 p.m. MPB will broadcast that debate live on radio and TV through a partnership with WAPT. Coming up, we hear from the candidates for Secretary of State and Attorney General from Hobnob. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. The work week ends with local programs on MPB Think Radio. At 9, all aspects of gardening are discussed on the Gestalt Gardener. Next Stop Mississippi highlights events taking place around the state at 10. At 11, explore women's health on Southern Remedy for Women. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Candidates for statewide office are campaigning at this year's Hobnob event in Jackson. Among them are candidates for Secretary of State and the Attorney General. Republican incumbent Secretary of State Michael Watson says he maintains his stance on reducing regulations for businesses in Mississippi and reaching out to young people to encourage them to become politically involved. 
We're reviewing every single regulation under all 29 boards and commissions for occupational licensing. Nurses, doctors, you name it. If you've got to have a license from the state, you go through the OLRC. So we've got about seven now, uh, second year law school, a, a grad student in accounting, an MBA student. I could, I could go through the list, but there are about seven of them right now. They're going to help us go through these regulations. And one of the beautiful things about that is, number one, again, you're building that relationship, letting them know that you care, that you want to hear what they have to say about the future of their state, these young leaders. But the second thing is, is we teach them the value of cutting that regulatory burden at such an early age in life. It kind of helps shape how they see things. And as these future leaders continue to get elected in politics later on in life, and they understand what's important to our business community, well, one of the most important things is cutting that regulatory burden. And if you can teach them at the college level, and they see that as a professional idea as they move up, it's only going to get better here in Mississippi to do business. One of the things I'll remind you, we saw this back in uh, 2019. There are about 31,000 new businesses in Mississippi in 19. And we talk about the legislature and the work they've done to cut the tax burden. We talk about the Secretary of State's office and the work we've done to cut the regulatory burden. What's the result? What do you see out there? Again, for benchmark here, 2019, you had about 31,000 new businesses. In 2020, about 53,000 new businesses. 2021, about 65,000 new businesses. 22, another 56,000 new businesses. This year, we've already got 46,000 new businesses, and we're on track to break 50,000 again. So it's not just talking about theory. When you can show, you know what, we're reducing this tax burden, we're reducing this regulatory burden, people want to be in Mississippi. Democratic challenger for Secretary of State Ty Pickens says businesses are struggling to be economically viable in the state. Michael Watson and his colleagues claim that Mississippi's economy is doing so well. However, contrary to what some of our current leaders may claim, the numbers tell a different story and we have receipts. Over the past few decades, our GDP growth lagged significantly behind the national average. According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, which is a government agency, and the Regional Economic Analysis Project, Mississippi's GDP increased by only 22.7% over the past few decades since Republicans took nearly total control over our state. Mississippi's portion of the total U.S. GDP has actually shrank over the past few decades since Republicans have been in control of our state from 0.68% in 1997 to 0.54% in 2022. Many of the policies implemented over the past several decades are not serving us. They have underinvested in public services like education. They are reluctant to expand health care. And there isn't nearly enough focus on infrastructure development. Folks, it's past time for a for a strategic intervention here. We need to invest in the sectors that are vital to sustainable economic growth like education, infrastructure, and health care. Candidates for attorney general also spoke at the event. Republican incumbent Lynn Fitch says she wants to focus on empowering women in Mississippi. But our legislature has stepped up and worked together to empower. And so we have tax credits for adoption now. We passed the MAMA program, which is significant to have resources for our young mothers and our mothers-to-be. So we've got some other issues that we all have to stand strong on. Legislature passed the Fairness Act a few years ago. Well, we need to enhance that to protect the Women's Bill of Rights. 
Because again, in Mississippi, a woman is a woman and a man is a man, and it's that simple in biology. But yet we've got to be proactive because we see the push coming down for us to make a change. Same thing with parents. Parents' bill of rights. Parents need to know what is happening in their schools. The parents dictate the education of the children, not the schools. And so as a parent, you should always know what the curriculum is, what the activities are. So we got a lot of great things to do together. I am honored to serve as your Attorney General. Thank you for your support. Thank you for believing in our great state to make tomorrow an even better day for Mississippi. Democratic candidate Greta Kemp Martin says women should have more rights in Mississippi, but says Finch is focusing on the wrong issues. To genuinely empower women and families, we require policies that are needed, not fluff. This means expanding access to quality and affordable childcare, promoting workplace flexibility, and enforcing child support requirements aggressively across our state. We must tackle issues within our foster care system, streamline the adoption process, and allocate resources that will actually help mothers and children. When employees don't have to worry about child care expenses, sick leave, and whether their paycheck is enough to buy groceries, businesses and our state thrives. We need a leader who not only champions and advocates for these policies, but also exemplifies them in their own administration. For instance, maybe by providing paid maternity leave to the very women in their office they claim to empower. It's crucial to recognize that when Mississippi's women thrive, our state prospers. The general election will be held on November 7th, less than two weeks away. The deadline to cast an absentee ballot in person is November 4th. Mail-in absentee ballots must be postmarked by Election Day. Next, it's Classic Weekend in Birmingham. The legendary matchup between two Alabama HBCUs is about much more than football. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. MPB Think Radio. Whatever your taste, news, music, storytelling, or how-to shows. Whatever your city, Natchez, Jackson, Tupelo, Cleveland. However you want. Radio, smart speaker, smartphone app. MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The Hornets and Bulldogs will face off yet again tomorrow at Legion Field in Birmingham at the 82nd Annual Magic City Classic. This showdown between Alabama State and Alabama A&M is one of the largest historically black university classics in the country. Joseph King from the Gulf States Newsroom reports it's not just about football, it's also about fashion. Here from Birmingham, the Magic City Classic. For as long as he can remember, Norris Woods' family has been going to the Magic City Classic. In this legendary matchup between two Alabama HBCUs, he picked a side pretty early. I knew I was going to Alabama A&M in kindergarten. A lot of his family members went there too. He's been cheering for the A&M Bulldogs his entire life. I've been at the highest of highs watching Alabama A&M win in the end, and I've also been a little boy that's, cl- that's crying on his knees in the bleachers. Yeah. When I met with Wood at Birmingham Botanical Gardens, he had on an assortment of brown and cream, a pair of brown Cartier sunglasses, layers of gold jewelry, and coffee-colored boots. That may sound like someone who has a larger-than-life personality, but actually he's pretty reserved. I'm naturally shy and introverted, so like how I dress is kind of exuberant, 
So it kind of like it eases me into communicating and connecting with people. Wood says his passion for fashion came from the time he spent around the parades and football games. I was a little boy sitting on my mama lap and they passed me down and I'm seeing all these people. They come into the game with the with the nice haircut, with the gumby, with the paws, you know, with the dial on the top. BKs, you know, the Nike Air Force Ones, the Jordans. The first Magic City Classic was in 1924. and has been going on annually since 1945. In general, fashion is part of the fabric of HBCU history. In 1900, at the World's Fair in France, W.E.B. Du Bois put together a photo exhibit called American Negro. It included images of black students wearing elegant skirts, dresses, and suits. Places like Hampton, Howard, and Tuskegee implemented dress codes that are still practiced today. Historians write that these practices, in many cases, were used so that black people would be seen as respectable citizens to white America and to combat racist stereotypes. Wood says it wasn't just about what the rest of America thought of them. I think it has something to do about self-pride. No matter what the conditions are in this society, I can still look the part. I can still put myself together. It don't matter what the control of society has on me. These days at the Classic, there are a lot more t-shirt and jean combos rather than furs and fedoras. But Wood says he still sees some of those older folk bringing the fashion heat out from time to time. She had on a full-length mink, but she was in maroon from head to toe, like in some type of velour track suit. She had, like, the matching sparkly silver shoes. I was like, man, oh, later, well, you didn't, they didn't pull you up. She had the glasses and everything. All her People pick out what they're going to wear to the classic weeks and even months ahead. Marshawn Brown is a hat maker in Birmingham. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like four or five people who are making hats for, for, that, for that time period, for around classic. Now, it's not per se specifically classic themed. You know, all my hats are made based upon you. Brown says he started his hat-making business called Life on Mars in 2020 after wanting a hat that was super expensive. I was like, do I want to spend this much? Or, you know, I got a background in design, so I was like, you know what, I can make my own hats. Brown learned solely from trial and error and YouTube videos, and he's seen success. Even comedian Ricky Smiley, a Birmingham native, has bought one of his custom hats. His goal is to make hats that may look expensive but are affordable. My price point? It's for the everyday working man, because I work a nine-to-five just like everybody else, and I feel like even a nine-to-five man or a nine-to-five woman should be able to afford a nice, timeless headpiece. The fashion culture at games like the Magic City Classic is a form of fellowship and connection, from a simple smirk and heading out of approval to dapping someone up and saying, I'm trying to get like you. It was almost like a mini family reunion. This year... Wood says he's putting together an all-denim ensemble. He's going to spend his time at the Classic, making his rounds throughout Legion Field Stadium, watching the people strut their stuff. And I'm going to just be, you know, a, a humble spectator with my plate of fish, baked beans with the meat in it. You hear me? And although he is a diehard Alabama A&M fan and roots against Alabama State, Wood says it's all in good fun, and the best fashion at the Magic City Classic is love. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Joseph King. The Gulf States Newsroom is a partnership between Mississippi Public Broadcasting and public radio stations in Alabama and Louisiana. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.